Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Balvini. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleschik. Andy, how you doing today? Doing pretty good. I mean, I gotta be up in Michigan for a uh, work event this week. Fun. Finally show my faith around headquarters for the first gotcha. time in like a year and a half. Up so. in Detroit? Uh, Detroit area, yeah. Gotcha. Well, we have a special guest uh, on this week's episode who's been to Detroit not too long ago for a, for a barstool hockey tournament, I think it was. Yep, that's right. Which one are you walking right now? Is that the Vegas one? Actually, I think this is the one from Detroit, yeah. Oh, nice. You got your hat on, Detroit. Yeah, it's... the Chicklets Cup in Detroit. I love it. So yeah, have fun. You know, try to stay safe. I don't know what things are like in Detroit these days. I know they, there's been rough, rough times. But uh, anyway, so we're gonna just dive right on in because we do have a, a special guest. We want to get into it. So Andy, tell the folks out there everything they need to know about Balvenie. Of course. So Balvenie was originally founded um, by William Grant in 1886, and he um, actually had really started working at Mortlock Distillery. In uh, the Speyside region of Scotland, um, he worked there for like 20 years and then ended up opening up his own distillery and um, worked at Balvenie until his death in 1923. And uh, actually, the original grounds for the Balvenie were um, finished being completed in 1892 and um, in the old abandoned Balvenie house with actual distillation happening or starting about a year after that. Uh, they're based in Dufftown, Scotland, uh, up there in Speyside area. Gotcha. And uh, after William's death, his son John took over the reins and began a lot of the expansion for the distillery um, with the first major changes coming in 1929 with how they ended up actually malting all of their grains and everything on that side the house and for the time at least they switched over from doing more traditional like malting process um for at least for scotch a more traditional malting process for the time um to then doing a floor malting where you're literally just spreading the grain on the floor and letting it malt on that and then drying it that way um and it wasn't until about so that was how they did a lot of their stuff early on. And um, really it wasn't until about 1971 that their actual first bottlings, as far as I can see based on their website, what they're saying, um, that their first bottlings actually were released to the public. Um, so they had, you know, a long time of letting all their stuff age. Um, okay. Originally, you know, 40, 50-ish years of aging there. Which is typical for a lot of Scotch brands to have stuff like that. That's going to be that old. Uh, just because it's a lot milder of a climate. And um, kind of kind of the next couple of decades in the early 80s and early 90s, um, they did a lot of other like new techniques for them. Like they were the at least the first, first Scotch brand in 1983, if not the first whiskey brand as a whole to actually do finishing techniques uh in whiskey where you'd sit there and take the first um like you'd put it into the barrel and then use a secondary barrel like what angels envy does as an example here in the u.s yeah uh they put it into the wine barrels yeah like in a port wine or cherry barrel something like that exactly um 
And so they kind of did. That's when a lot of their stuff started up uh, for most people to really be able to buy. And then that's when they really got into prominence and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then since then, they've been doing like a lot of different uh, like limited editions, longer aged barrels, bottles, everything like that. Um, and they're the only Scotch brand... At least their claim is they're the only Scotch brand that does the five rare crafts, hmm. um, which are, at least for Scotch, growing your own barley um, on site, malting it, then doing, like, they have their own coppersmith on site too, hmm. and their own cooperage, and then, of course, doing the actual distillation and everything on site too, hmm. uh, once it's ready to go and bottle rare it. Rare crafts. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and so once they've gone through all those, you know, steps and it's ready to bottle, uh, that goes into a few different products for them. Their core range, which we're trying today from that, they're a double wood 12 year old. Which is their, like, I would say probably their most basic, like their entry yeah. level, but it, the entry level is still $80. So. Yeah. <laughs> like if you want to do like the, the double wood 17, like that's gonna, you know, that's gonna be like 140 bucks probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they don't switch what kind of barrel it's in. They're both oak casks, but they're just different types of. Yeah, yeah they're just different types of oak. So it'd be yeah. like a. Gotcha. Yeah, and that's traditional. So similar tones, but more flavor. More flavor, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed so to be just. Just because it tries to bring in a new flavor. Right. That yeah. Makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, and that's that's the you know the core range the twelve year like we've been talking about. Uh, the Caribbean cask, 14-year, like you said, John, they're double wood, 17-year, and a port wood, 21-year-old. Uh, they also have their Connoisseur and Stories ranges, and they're um, like a whole bunch of like limited and travel exclusives you can get, uh, as well as like their Rare and Precious range, which is a 30, 40, and 50-year, and then a 50-year single barrel, Yeah, too. I'm sure some of those get up there in price. Oh, it's got to be expensive. <laughs> I cannot imagine the amount of money it would take to buy one of those bottles. Right. I, right. 25-year single barrel, $2,039. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pricey. Yeah. Uh, that's all right, a... well, um, I think we're there. I think we're ready to do the tasting. Uh, so everyone, get yourself a glass uh, of you know the twenty-five year if you can. <laughs> and uh, as always, we're gonna start with the nose. Definitely get a lot of that like grapey, yeah, like that. traditional Scotch notes, but like a great like port or cherry like note to it for me. It's not super, yeah, it's not super peaty, but it definitely has no. a little of this kind of like typical Scotch notes to it. Yeah, definitely. This one, I feel like I smell the, when I smell from the bottle, I feel like I smell the wood a lot more. Mm. Or when I'm drinking it, from, when I smell from the glass, I feel like I'm feeling, I'm smelling the, um, the, uh, like the fruits. Like the, yeah, the fruits and like the, like the smoky, the smokiness. Oh, geez. Yeah. 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 You definitely get a lot more of the wood yeah. if you smell it at just that concentrated nose off yeah, the, I, I agree. Off the bottle. All right. Yeah. Let's give it a taste. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Pretty smooth, not not too peaty. Yeah, which I too... really like out of a scotch because I'm more of a bourbon drinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I yeah. feel like this is a less smoky scotch, and I really like that about it. Yeah, it's definitely not super like smoky, heavy there. I get a little bit of, but you can still tell that it's a scotch. Oh yeah, you can definitely tell it's a scotch. Definitely got those barley forward notes you'd get off of 
But um, yeah, are you picking up anything in it, Johnny? It has a sweeter aftertaste than the one we tried earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lot yeah. sweeter of a nut yeah. aftertaste. Definitely. The, the, I think that harkens back to some of the fruity notes that you were talking about yeah. in the notes. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah, not harsh on the front end, and it makes it easier for that fruity taste to kind of come in as the background. It's it's pretty smooth. I think it's a really high quality scotch. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely I very. Really, I really like it. Yeah, definitely very good. I mean, definitely one that is smooth to drink. You know, easy to drink. Great. You know, except for the price point, like you were saying, definitely an easy one to get into and. I really these kind people of talking too. about how the last one's probably a good base one for a mixer. I think this is a great standalone. Oh yeah, this is a good casual sipper for sure. I I really am liking the space side whiskeys. So I think so. We've we've only done I don't know maybe like what do you think a half a dozen to eight scotches something like that. We've probably well probably like eight to twelve scotches to 12, total yeah. around that area. So, yeah. Maybe fifteen. So we've done like hundred and forty episodes, but we've only done like eight or 12 scotches, you know, something in that range. And I would say this is one of the ones I really like the most. Yeah. That's coming from someone who's not like a big scotch yeah. person. So like the Lagavulin is just very peaty and smoky. Like the Ard, Ardbeg is, is really, yeah. is really, oh, you like, have to come in, scotch. like you have to get introduced. It's just like yeah. a really, really scotch. But like if the price point is pretty high, but like if you're trying to like transition in the scotch, I think this is a really good. Yeah. It, go. This is one that's definitely well worth the price. This if is you're probably the transition. This is probably my favorite scotch that we've had so far. And then I would say McAllen is probably second. And I think Glenn Morangi is probably third. Yeah. But again, those are probably like the three least pee scotchy scotches. Very that, easy that to get had. into, like not super yeah. offensive to most people for sure for to sure. drink don't need a cigar to drink it yeah <laughs> for sure all right folks that's it from us this week make sure you go over to apple podcast spotify or wherever you get your podcast please subscribe leave a review and listen to every episode of distilled discussions follow us on instagram uh, we really do appreciate your guys support have a great week pour yourself another whiskey and don't worry we'll be here to drink with you next week